Hey everybody, welcome to Absolute Comics. I'm Sal, and with me today is Dan. Dan, comic historian, man. What's going on, Dan? Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. A little nervous, I won't lie, but uh, I'm excited well, for talking don't about be this. Nervous. You've always been here, Dan. <laughs> You've always been with us. Because this is true. Dan, this is the face. If you, I mean, like, there's no way you're not watching Comic Story. But the fact is, this is the face of the voice you'll hear occasionally when we're talking to people off camera, going like, "Hey, please help us." This is the man. Yeah, pretty much the the clickety clacking behind the scenes. You're welcome. I, right. do, I don't that's usually right. find stuff, but when I do, I help you oh, guys. Oh, man. <laughs> that's true. Uh, we got a slurry of topics here, uh, which is all thanks to the, the efforts of Dan and his research. Um, and let me tell you something. You, you had your work cut out for you this week. Right. Yeah, no kidding. The, the, because it, it's like the comic book industry and the movie industry. They, they don't know that we have, we have money to make. We have, we have work to do here, ladies and gentlemen. You got you to gotta give us something. You can't be paid taking a picture of a clapperboard from Batman and expect that to carry us for the week. No, we need a leak. We need an image of Colin <laughs> Farrell with a monocle. We need, we need something. Give us the new Batman suit already. Come on. Right? Tease it. Maybe silhouette it. How about a Batmobile? Maybe just the tire. Enough for us to make our living off the backs of your living. Please. <laughs> Even the comic book industry is just like, I don't know. Well, here's this. I mean, there's some fun stuff, and I'm I'm, I'm actually really impressed because you all of our stuff that we're talking about here is all comics. Yes, nonstop comics. It's comics for days, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so and I'm pretty really excited good ones. To jump into them. Pretty good ones, actually. For a That's small right. chunk, they, it's uh, this one would be a quality over quantity kind of episode. That's right, <laughs> <laughs> big time. Because yeah, there's no like we know very little about. Any of the movies coming up, uh, Birds of Prey, not out yet. There was a premiere for some of the actors. I know that Ewan McGregor addressed a couple of questions that were not really taken seriously <laughs> about him as Black Mask and Victor Zaz and whether or not they're in a relationship. I, I don't really see Victor Zaz as being a sexual character. Oh, no, definitely you know not. I, mean? I don't like, feel like either of them really are. No, well, Black, Black Mask, Mask a little bit, but. Black Mask, maybe before the horrible scarring. <laughs> Uh, but but similarly, I, I don't know. I, I but the, the 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 questioner was like, "Hey, I noticed that uh, Victor Zaz and Black Mask work together. Maybe they're also sleeping together." And Ewan's like, "Who cares? Okay, yeah." <laughs> I so just love that that's the that. reasoning. They're like, "Well, they work together," and it's like, "I'm pretty sure a lot of men work together all over the world, and they're still straight." But. Yeah, they're not all sleeping together. I mean, presumably. <laughs> or are they? But uh, that, you know what that is? That's an indication as to how slow things are right now. Yes. Hey, oh do you gosh. think that these very, very low-tier supervillains in this spin-off DCEU movie are gay? <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Sure. I, and it's not even like they're huge villains in the Batman universe that like if they came out and they were like hey so the Joker is actually gay and is not in love with Harley he just liked having someone that did whatever he said like right. that would it's be something power. I'd be like oh my god I need to find out what's going on with that that's well that's true like yeah if, if in the comics and in the movies or if the movies influence the comics they're like oh no big status quo shift Black Mask and Victor Zaz are gay it'd be like all right, well, that really doesn't change much about the characters. I don't really care. Like, eh, Victor's ass, Victor's ass still kills people and then cuts a scar into his flesh to denote that kill, right? 
that's all I really know about Victor Zaz. That's really all that you need. You know, you want to make him gay too? All right. Plus, they're they're villains that just don't show up that frequently either. I think. No. When was the last time Zaz was in a comic? Because I I I just think uh, Injustice. That's the only one I can think of. Right. I couldn't tell you the last time I actually saw Victor Zaz in a comic book, though I'm sure they've used him. Like, I feel like there's no stone unturned in Tynan's run on Detective. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I have not seen Zaz anywhere. I actually would be more interested in if Black Mask were gay. Wouldn't it be funny if Cyanus was like, not funny, but more like interesting <laughs> if Cyanus was like, as it turns out, I'm actually closeted. I'm a closet homosexual. Like, that'd be kind of cool. It's so, like... Ex- if you want to explore that character. Right. If they're like, this is actually why I've been killing people. Cause I wanted to hide it from myself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you find out like there's a, there's this, there's a ton of torrid love affairs that he's, he's ended with murder just to keep his secret. Uh, the, the mask is my heterosexuality. Like, that's the mask. Like, I, it's a metaphorical mask. And then he, he takes off the mask and he's maskless and he's, he's black mask, no mask, but he's gay. At the very least, that's something, you know, as opposed to just being like, that. I don't know. Yeah, right? I read that. I read that issue. Yeah. But again, not headlines. No. It's just not enough. But uh, we actually have some real headlines here, some real comic book stuff. Uh, most recently in Batman Superman number six, you, uh, you, you, I mean, you're cutting right to the chase. The last page reveals. Yes. So spoilers here on out for the books that came out this past week because there's a lot of stuff coming out. But... Um, at the end of Batman Superman 6, uh, we, are, we, are, we are shown that uh, in true Batman Superman comic book crossover fashion, uh, there's going to be a supervillain team up or battle uh, mm-hmm. between Ra's al Ghul and uh, General Zod. Yeah, I th- I think it's uh I think it's supposed to be a battle between them for like the rights to who can use the Lazarus pit or something. Yeah, it, well, it, it it appears that Zod has plans for the Lazarus pit, and I, I think they're entering into like a game of chance. And if Zod wins, he'll take the Lazarus pits and use them for his own nefarious purposes. Which, by the way, he doesn't bury the lead. We know what he wants to use the Lazarus pits for: resurrecting Candor. Yeah, I think that's a really clever notion though it does remind me a little bit of uh back when they did that like hundred second war or whatever when candor like got big and then right. zod ruled candor and new krypton there was a whole story arc about candor kind of like coming back into existence um but this idea of like zombie candorians i'm interested right i think it would be cool to see uh if they address how different the Lazarus Pit bringing people back would be compared to the Regeneration Matrix, or I, I don't remember the actual name, but whatever well, well, brings it's Superman how it heals back at people. the yeah. yes. Oh, exactly. the healing you're talking about the yes, the, uh, the the Kryptonian healing coma matrix. Yes, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's essentially actually, the yeah. same. It, well, it is. Ish. Although I I think that what's it called the um well. Yeah, that's the thing. Okay, so we know that Kryptonian physiology is different from humanity, that when they die, they're not really dead, necessarily. Mm-hmm. They go into a sleeping coma that can be revived if you have enough time in Kryptonian tech. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the statute of limitations has passed, and they're dead. <laughs> but Lazarus Pit, hey, the other question is, does the Lazarus Pit work differently yeah. on Kryptonians versus humans? That would you be know, a we, cool one. That would be well, cool. I, there's no way that Williamson isn't going to do that because, like, otherwise, what's the point? 
you know, he's definitely going to resurrect at least a couple of characters, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. I, I love the idea of of Ghoul versus or Al Ghoul versus Zod because you think. I mean, the reality is, if if, if Rachel Ghoul looked at Zod and said, like, nah, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to let you use my Lazarus pits. Mind you, they're in a Lazarus pit cave when they're having this conversation. Right, it's and not Zod a goes, secret of where it is. Yeah, and Zod goes, mm, I'm thinking I'm just going to use this one, and then just super speeds into <laughs> Rachel Ghoul at the speed of, oh, let's say, a plane, and then just hits him as hard as a Mack truck. I mean, you know, then you just got Rachel Ghoul goo everywhere. Right. Rachel Goo, if you will. Um <laughs> But yeah, I I, I I love this idea and I want to see that fight. I want to see that like that pairing. Yeah, I'm, of the I'm very curious how they'll do the fight because I feel like uh, it'll be so similar to every time that Superman has fought Batman. and But we are now getting it with someone that does not hold back. And I'm very yeah, curious how to Roz will hold up against Zod. That's yeah, I love that idea. That's actually a really brilliant parallel. I'm glad you made the, like brought that up. The idea of it, I mean, everyone's seen Batman versus Superman. Al Ghul versus Zod is basically another Batman versus Superman fight. It's it's a skilled, you know, weapons master and martial artist versus, but but still, albeit human versus a Kryptonian Superman. Yeah, like that's a really cool match, and it'd be really neat to see. An unhinged version of Batman versus an unhinged version of Superman, and and see what what how they pull out all the stops. Does Rachel Ghoul have kryptonite? Does, Ooh. Like, will it work? What if he's has he synthesized kryptonite and put it into the Lazarus pits? Has he laced the Lazarus pits with kryptonite, and that's his big surprise? Like, yeah, feel jump in, and then they do, and it's like I poisoned you. That okay, that would be a cool idea if that's like his safety mechanism to make sure like. Superman, or in this case, Zod, would never be able to revive. That that would actually be pretty cool. Yeah, I I, I love this matchup. Uh, how are you enjoying the Superman bat or the Batman Superman book by Williamson? Because I feel like it's one of the better depictions of both characters mm-hmm. currently coming out right now. I fully agree. I uh, I feel like I mean I fell off of the Bendis Superman quite a while ago, uh, yeah. just because it was not great uh and kind of the same with uh tom king's batman and the batman superman i liked it because it at least gave me those characters during a time that i was not reading their main books and kind of slowly forgetting about them a little bit (laughs) um but i i like it and i like that they the main villain at least in this first arc was the batman who laughs so they're really keeping that going and truly putting that into multiple comics instead of just, hey, it's just in this, considering what the Batman Who Laughs did in this comic. Um, Which I'm curious how that's going to affect the entire DC universe. Yeah, you could tell they're definitely setting that up because they went from, I mean, because this whole series dovetailed from the Snyder Jock Batman Who Laughs book miniseries mm-hmm. uh like literally that book ends and then this series picks up and it's the it's the rest of the story um it goes from the batman who laughs being kind of like a multiversal threat down on to being a batman villain and then right into being a 
singular threat against the DC universe. Like, mm-hmm. he's actually actively attacking... Like, Blue Beetle has a vested interest in defeating the Batman Who Laughs. Wonder Woman has a personal stake in the Batman Who Laughs now. So he become, he, he goes from being like, it wouldn't be a surprise to see him show up in any of their books, in a Superman book, a Wonder Woman, a Wonder Woman book. Right. Know, it wouldn't surprise anybody to see Batman Who Laughs become a major DC power player. Um, I myself am kind of sick of the Batman Who Laughs at this point, but I recognize his markability and mm-hmm. I'm excited to see him pitted against those other characters. Maybe it's just that like, oh, evil Batman, whatever, but like evil Batman versus another DC character right. within their own book so they can't necessarily lose. No, I'm interested. I'm like, oh, okay, you found a fresh take on that character. Made him a little less stale. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's a good book. I, I like it. Williamson really gets character uh, in the DC universe. He really, like, you know, people kind of discount him as a flash writer, but like, dude gets Batman, he gets Superman, and... Thanks to issues one through six of Superman or Batman Superman, I'm so used to saying Superman Batman. <laughs> uh, but uh, but from issue one through six, you see other characters and they are given, you know, their due. It's not just like oh, it's a it's a Batman Superman crossover book, so they're going to be awesome and everyone else is going to be secondary. No, he like he goes well. These characters all have dignity and self respect and 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 their own fans. They're cool. Let's bring them up to that level. So it's like every mm-hmm. time they show up, you're like oh cool. And Wonder Woman is great. She has a great moment in this uh, in this issue. Actually. Oh definitely. How, how cool she is. I really I really so, like yeah. what they did to Wonder Woman in this because yeah, you definitely had that feeling of. It, it's the Trinity. Where where is she? Why are they not including her? What what really goes on in that relationship? Yeah. And you really see how she feels about it, and how she's yeah. truly hurt that they did not tell her. Yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised they didn't, and I'm impressed that they carried it. Over. I mean, like that's well, that's the that's the strength of one writer who's keeping the story focused in his own book, mm-hmm. where it's like no, like it would be something that Wonder Woman would take personally and and it would be a question that needs answering. Why didn't you include me? And it's like, well, because your name's not on the title. But you know, in the story <laughs> we, it makes we only a lot had more so sense. much space and we didn't want to put yeah. three names as a whole Right? Thing. And we we already had a Trinity book and it didn't really do very well, so let's not worry about it. Um, but no, I I'm I'm digging it. And I like Williamson. He's he's just, he does a good job. And yeah. also of course I was I was talking about this book the other day, and uh, Tiffany, my my, my wife and, and and partner in crime, uh, saw the art. And she's like, "Oh my god, the art in this is amazing!" I'm like, That's "Yes, because it's done by David Marquez." <laughs> yes, it's so, it just works so well. I will say there yeah. are at times it feels a little too friendly of an art yeah. for the story it's telling, but at the same time, it's just it's so easy on the eyes that it you could get into the story just for the art. Everyone is beautiful when they are depicted by David Marquez. Like, yeah. Back, uh, like, say what you love about Civil War Two. It is a horrible book, but he drew that, and it is a gorgeous. Like, everyone yes. in it is just breathtaking. Carol Danvers looks amazing in that book. Everybody is gorgeous. So I was really worried. I remember when they announced Marquez is going to do this book, and they said, "Oh, and the main villain is Batman who laughs." I'm like, he's not supposed to be pretty. Like, yeah. he's grotesque. He's really good at depicting, like, the 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 beautiful. Mm-hmm. Will he will he carry that over? And I, I like his Batman to last. It's consistent, but I, I don't I would rather see more like more grit. And yes. you don't really get that too much in his art. But you do get like that that beauty and that polish. Um I, I, I miss the color. Uh Justin Ponzer used to color his work and man was he great. And it's really it, it was it's noticeably different. Right. Um, when you get somebody else on it. By the way, respectable colors, I'm just saying it's not it's not Justin Ponzer. Yeah. It's not there. <laughs> not quite there 
but otherwise, yeah, no, I, I dig this book, and I'm excited for the future. I, I want to see the like, the League of Shadows versus Zod. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just curious how that's going to play out and how that's going to affect, the, like everything, because that's that's like a kind of fight that you can't do and not have it be meaningful, like right. throughout DC. Yeah, that could be an event. Yeah. I would actually, I would love it if it was like, because Zod, of course, he's trying to gain access to these Lazarus pits, at least presumably from the interaction they have. Um, I love the idea of this kind of like, because Ra's al Ghul, he, he, you never really know what he's up to because he's always working on some other angles. He's always working on multiple projects. So I love this idea that Zod is forced, because he's a general and he's a, you know, he's a good fighter, and he, but he knows strategy. Mm-hmm. I would love to see... Like, almost like, I would hesitate to use the term, but like, a se- I would call it a shadow war, where it's like a secret f- war right. between Ra's al Ghul and his forces and General Zod and his, like, influence. Yeah. And see, like, cause, and where it's like, the DC universe at large, because I can imagine either of them going, well, the fact is, I, w- I need to fight you, but I also really don't want to attract the attention of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, or anybody else. Mm-hmm. So how we're going to make our battle work and not get roped up in all their bullshit. Or how can we use them by manipulating them to suit our own ends. So yeah. it'd be really fun to see like a shadow war between Al Ghul and, and Zod. So it's like, it is an event and it is a major thing and it does have ramifications of the DC Universe. But maybe like on the surface, everybody else is kind of unaware that mm-hmm. they're being manipulated or that they're part of it. Which, that, for the record, pitch, but yeah. a shadow war, that's it's a super cool name. I would, right? I wouldn't even need to know what it was. And if I saw no. a comic by DC that was called The Shadow War, I would, yeah. I mean, I'd buy that instantly. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, ninjas and Zod, I mean, the, the, the ideas alone are, are endless. Like, jump yeah. on it, DC. Give us the shadow war. Um, you also mentioned uh, Justice League and how it's heading into its new era with issue 41 because, of course, Scott Snyder's leaving the book. Uh, after this, yeah. what, what did you what you think of Scott Snyder's run on Justice League? I liked it. I th- I thought Scott Snyder did a great job. I I also enjoyed the uh, James Tynan's like interludes kind of thing. Yes, uh, yeah. I thought it was great pacing. Towards the end, it felt a little rushed. Like it felt like he wanted a couple more issues, but. I mean, the year of the villain, Hell Arisen, was coming out, and he was like, ah, oh, crap, that's going to spoil the last couple issues. All right, right. We'll, we'll, we'll move up the schedule. We'll get that taken care of. Um, but I loved it. I thought it was actually one of my favorite uh, depictions of the Justice League that I've seen in a while. It's been a while since we've gotten proper Justice League, and I, I, I admire Snyder's desire to make every issue feel impactful mm-hmm. and big and have so much, like you're getting a real bang for your buck. I remember mm-hmm. like, kind of the, the origin of the Avengers, moreover, the, the origin of the Fantastic Four comes from literally Lee talking to retailers and comic book purchasers. Retailers back then, of course, being newsstand sellers. Right. But, uh, but, but comic book buyers being like, if I have the choice between Batman, Superman, and Justice League, I'm gonna buy Justice League because for my 25 cents, I'm going to get those characters and more, or at least more bang for my buck. And this is Snyder being like, I'm going to give you your money's worth. You're never going to feel like, oh, this is a a throwaway issue. No issue in Justice League's run Mm -hmm. from Snyder beginning to end has been an issue that, like, wasn't necessary or didn't have some kind of impact. Right. Um, 
But you there, still got those nice like character moments. You still got those like quiet moments that like Snyder didn't want to deliver on because you had Tynan step in and be like, okay, here's the or like here, here's where Lex gets this idea, or here's how Joker you know leaves. He quits the Legion of Doom. Like let's see that whole thing happen. Yeah, it, it, that's really cool. Now let me ask you this: You're an anime fan, right? Oh yes, I am definitely. So that explains why you had no problem with the pacing because this felt to me. <laughs> Like Snyder's homage to Eastern anime storytelling, where like everything is just like it's all rising and falling, and it's mm-hmm. just like whoa, whoa, whoa. like just every issue, every issue was another episode of Dragon Ball Z, where it's like, well, Goku gets super powerful, and then he's gonna he's gonna power up for this many issues, and then he fails. Because mm-hmm. he, another more powerful person shows up. So what's he going to do? He's going to have to find out how to be more powerful. <laughs> like, for me, I'm like, oh my god. If they have to power up again for, like, the umpteenth time, I'm going right. to lose it. Uh, so f- I was like, this is... Th- it, it felt like Snyder was playing with 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 tone and with storytelling. Uh, so for me, I'm like, this is not what I'm used to or expecting from a Justice right. League book. Despite the fact that he's like, here's also everything. Um, but it's cool. Like I, I, I respect the hell out of this run because it's like he's swinging for the fences. Oh yeah, you know, it's everything. And I, uh, I liked so, that he so, yeah. used characters that don't usually get the go to the forefront, like how he was no. using Martian Manhunter and Hawkwoman. Hawkwoman or yeah, Hawkgirl in this one? I, I think it's Hawkgirl, but I'll take Hawkwoman because like I'm sure she'd rather be called that. Well, see, um, I don't know because in uh, in the Hawkman book, Hawkwoman has showed up. And she's trying to bring him back from being the Sky Tyrant. And so right. when that happened, and it's a com- very different uh, version of the character, I was like, wait a second. Why are there two here right now? Like, they, yeah. they can't be the same because they look so different. They're not. And no, they're not. Like, she's one is actually Thanagarian. Like, yeah, it's... I, I think that our... I think that... Um, what's her name? Kendra mm-hmm. is hot girl. Yes. I think that's the idea. So let's... So yeah, I, I but I love the see, well I love seeing Martian Manhunter being used and not being used as a plot device like he's just a character mm-hmm. in it. Um, and Hawkgirl, we haven't gotten much of her at all since before Dark Knight's Metal, and then with Metal they're like here she is again, mm-hmm. and so finally we get some more Hawkgirl, and it's like it's great that we're actually getting a chance to delve into that character and and highlight that. Though there's no way he's not gonna give you like fun Batman moments, cool Superman mm-hmm. moments. Uh, great Wonder Woman moments. For me, it was about the villains. Like he was just like, "Yo, I'm gonna use Grodd. I'm gonna use Cheetah. I'm gonna show up. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try out Black Manta. Like here are some characters. The Turtle was a plot device. You never get to see Turtle. Yeah. Like that's neat. Um, so yeah, he he's definitely like just taken all the toys out of the toy box with this run. Um, I will say, I yeah. really if if they get rid of Jaro, I <laughs> I'll be done. I'm like that care like it was such a good little comedic relief to the story that yeah. still kind of worked and i i loved that that they made that a character i i love where you forget about him and then here's a little jaro for you it's- i would love a mini series of batman and robin but it's jaro as robin and it's just <laughs> it's just an entire story of batman and robin adventures told from the point of view of jaro as robin yeah at the very least i'd like to see like an issue dedicated to how Batman raised Jaro. Mm-hmm. You know, because you imagine because Jar because Batman keeps Jaro kind of at arm's length throughout the entire series, but Jaro clearly has like unconditional love for Batman. Mm-hmm. So you imagine that like he didn't just keep Jaro in the cave, 
you know, and and feed him occasionally. Like you know that Batman loved Jaro and oh, like, yeah. took care of him. And I would love to see a kind of a, a, a glimpse into him rearing Jaro in a way that you never get to see Batman. Because you don't get to see Batman really interacting with, like, children. I don't consider Damien a child. <laughs> I would uh, love to or... see Damien's reaction to how he treats Jaro. Right? <laughs> yeah. How come you never hugged, how come you never hugged me, Father? <laughs> you love Jaro. He's like, Jaro's a sensitive cr- creature. You know, you're a, you're a demon. Um, yeah, pretty much. So... But I, I but I'd like to see that. That'd be funny. Um, do you know who's taking over Justice just League after this? Uh, I do not actually. I I won't lie. I was not aware of the fact that it was changing writers. Yeah. No. Um, Snyder's been pretty vocal about it. Where he's like, "I'm leaving the book. I'm I'm wrapping up." And I don't think he was strong armed into doing it. I think he's just like, "Here's my story. I'm kind of done." Um, That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, he told like a great story, and it did wrap up. Like it actually wrapped up. Yes. So I could see him being like, you know what? I'm not going to push it. I'm going to end on a high note and I'll go do something else. And I I mean, I'll read whatever that guy writes. <laughs> but my question is like, where the hell would he even be able to go from there? Like, well, I, I, I awoken up an eldritch god that created everything and they fought her. You know, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. Have him fight like reverse flash or something like he, he he wouldn't be able to do it it would just feel really weird um so I, next, I don't i don't blame him for leaving the next issue is 40 correct i think so i think or it looks like or 40 yeah so 40 is being written by robert vendetti okay there you go so so yeah i, got so I think he's some wrapping hope. up on 39 which cool. i i I do find it weird that 39's not out, yet they came out with uh, Year of the Villain, Hell Arisen, the same yeah. week as 38, and they're like, hey, by the way, we're telling you what's happening in 38 and 39. I hope you yeah, enjoy. Hey. <laughs> well, they don't, you know, they do that all the time, and I, I, I just, that's just a, a question of like, what, you know, it's all scheduling, and it's just like, well, this has to come out on this date because of mm-hmm. this, and this has to come out because it has to trigger this, this, and this, and I'm thinking like two years in advance, so sorry, I'm going to spoil your book. Uh, they did the same thing with Secret Wars, where it's like, oh, the, oh, okay, that's the ending. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it it, does, it shouldn't impact the story. It shouldn't change people's enjoyment of it at the very least. Yeah. Um, I'm just more like, you're ending it on 39. You couldn't have squeezed one more issue out of this and <laughs> rounded it out at 40. Ah. He was, he was probably like, you know what? This is gonna mess with so many people. This is gonna be great. <laughs> it's gonna really mess people's OCD big time. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes from here. Like, mm-hmm. what will Snyder choose to do? Like, and I don't really know. Uh, like, will he stay? Will he stay at DC? Will he go to Marvel? Like, uh, if he's if he's still got a longer contract, like, what will he do? You know, will it be mm-hmm. more Black Label stuff? Will it be horror? Will he try to like do some image kind of stuff, but for Black Label or for the Hill House books? I don't know. I'd like to see it. That would be cool. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, but we do know that Vendetti or Venditti is uh, is is going to move that into uh, an Eradicator story. Yes, which includes an army of enhanced Daxamites. Yeah, so uh, I'll let you explain what Daxamites are because I mean I definitely obviously know, but uh, oh, yeah, I will naturally. let you I'll let you explain them a little bit because. Uh, Daxamites, as I recall, and I'm just checking my notes here, but, uh, they were basically, like, Kryptonian cousins. Um, I believe Mon-El is a Daxamite. Okay. Uh, but they're basically, like, and, and they, you know, similarly, um, 
they, they were in the same solar system as the Kryptonians, I think. Mm-hmm. And, like, the idea was that, um, you know how, like, Superman can't see through lead? Well, if a Daxamite comes in contact with lead, it basically gives them space cancer. Interesting. Um, so yeah. they're, they're so, just neighboring planets, essentially. Yes. Yeah, they're okay. basically just... And they're humanoid, and they look just like Kryptonians or people. Like, they're just... Yeah, they're just Kryptonians. Mm-hmm. Um, but the lead thing is a real issue, which is why we're not inundated with Daxamites. Because, like, there's lead in everything. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> just but, uh, but, yeah. Throw uh, paint Mon on Mon-El was a member of the Legion of Superheroes, and he was a, he was a Daxamite. I remember, like... Uh, there was a big, stupid, terrible DC event in the late 80s that was partially drawn by Todd McFarlane called Invasion, which also included the Daxamites um, mm-hmm. and brought them into like kind of like the post-crisis continuity. Okay. Um, but basically it's just, hey, how about this, these, this race of supermen and also you could probably easily kill them. Like you could shoot them and they'll just die. Did you uh, see any of the uh, preview panels? By any chance? No. I saw an image of Eradicator, which yes. we're using, like, Gleason's art, and it's just going to look like, you know, it's just going to look like Eradicator. Um, but the, the Eradicator from DC Rebirth, who's, like, more silhouetted, no face. It's mm-hmm. kind of like this horrible, like, you know, thing. But he still has the awesome shades. and <laughs> Right, yeah. And I mean, you can't lose the shades. That's that's part of the character. Yes, yeah, that's part of it. It makes exactly. the Eradicator the Eradicator. Um, so... Uh, First off, my the panels that they did show is literally just uh, the Eradicator and the Daxmites just wiping out the Justice League. Like, right. it's, it's pretty cool. I'm wondering if the enhancement is going to be the removal of the, like, lead weakness. I mean, that has to be. Or at the very least, some kind of, like, block on their weakness. I don't know, because it's mm-hmm. like, so you're genetically weak to lead? Like, eh, we could probably figure out something about that. Like, we could probably fix that. I don't know. But it's it's cool. It's a great idea. It's mm-hmm. it's a way to up the ante and give you something you've never seen because Snyder didn't do anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, it's fun because like Eradicator's whole thing, his whole shtick, so to speak, was that he is protecting like Kryptonians and the Kryptonian bloodline. And you know, we we saw him kind of get get his when he was trying to destroy John uh, because he is impure and he's made from human DNA and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the idea that he's like, okay, you know what? Like, screw Kryptonians. I'll protect this other bloodline that's similar to Kryptonians. Like, it's for him, he's like, it's all the same thing. Yeah. And in order I, to do that, I also have to remove their lead weakness. <laughs> <laughs> I got to remove the one that's pretty much everywhere at this point. Uh, yeah. I, I wonder if they might pseudo tie this in to Zod as well. Right. Because, oh. I mean, because he's there for Kryptonians. If Zod wins the war against Ra's al Ghul, comes yep. in, becomes the new leader of, like, the Eradicator and the Daxamites. Yeah. I mean, cool stuff could happen. Cool stuff yeah, could be with, happen. With Kandor dead, I mean, obviously, Zod, I doubt Zod's going to beat al Ghul and resurrect all these Kandorians. I mean, mm-hmm. like, Ra's squished them or something. So I, I don't know. But, uh... But I love the idea that Zod's like, screw it, I'll take the Daxamites, that's fine. Plus, they're all regular-sized. <laughs> I think that's great. Um, also, by the way, uh, just as an added bonus for the series, if you haven't already picked it up, or if you haven't already planned on picking it up, mm-hmm. Brian Hitch is doing the cover art. Which is Ooh. Cool. Um, not the interiors, but just the, but the cover art, which I think is more exciting, because I think that Hitch, I think the art gets away from him. Right. I mean, he loses detail, and it, and it gets a little muddy, but like... 
when you just give Hitch something cool to draw one time, it's like he'll he'll knock it out of the park. Oh yeah. Um, the rest of it's by Aaron Lepresti and uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, so that's cool. Yeah, I don't recognize those names, but no, it's just it's just serviceable, fun, adventurous, you know, art. It just looks fun, right. cool. Um, but I love that idea, man. You're thinking, you're thinking right, right in my uh, wheelhouse here. The idea that Eradicator's <laughs> like, screw it, Daxamites. Yeah, I'm in. I, I, there's just so much potential. I feel because yeah. they are the the other benefit that they have is because they haven't been used in such a long time. Not mm-hmm. many people have a, uh, a preconception, like a working knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's gonna be like, um, the the, the like <laughs> I'm a huge Sodom Yacht fan, and I have. I'm here to tell you. That that's not how the Daxamites would act. Like no, like yeah, you can just do whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel like it's got a lot of potential. I'm really excited to see how they handle it. Yeah, um, you were you were uh, bringing up the uh, Far Sector. We're on issue three of uh, Green Lantern Far Sector, or just I think it's just called Far. It's Sector. just called Far Sector. Um, Have you been reading I this one? I read the first issue and I was like, I'll pick this up later. And I just never did. This is a young animal book, right? It is. So I've okay. uh, I picked up the first one because I've been wanting a Green Lantern story for a while, and I could not get onto the Grant Morrison one. And You're not alone. Like <laughs> when he's when he fought God, I was like, I'm out, I'm done. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's it's actually a really cool story because whenever we get Green Lanterns or whenever we have gotten Green Lanterns, it's almost always like a cosmic war or this big event throughout the entire universe that all the Green Lanterns have to do something about. And I like this one because so essentially she's hired to actually work for the police as like a consultant kind of thing. Yes. Uh, because the far sector, I'll just keep calling it at that. Cause I can't remember what the thing is. It's actually like super called. far out. And like, we, we, we don't deal with whatever these societies are. That exactly. She's interacting with. Yeah. And, uh, and, so the past couple issues, like the first two issues were a little slow because it really is just establishing these new races of beings, this uh, emotion exploit and the fact that some have emotions, some don't. And yes. this issue was the one that finally action breaks out. And I'm so excited. Like I, This was one of those comics that I got to that page and I'm like, oh my God, no, it's the end of the comic. I can't yeah. do this. The, the, I remember the first issue, it, it it felt really long, and then the last it, page came, and I'm like, oh, it's over? Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, we gotta, we, I need the next issue. And I forgot about it, but, like, the thing that got me to have to buy it was Jamal Campbell's art. Oh, yeah, I was just about to mention that, because the oh, sorry, art yeah. is beautiful. It's it's the same it's, guy who did uh, Naomi, uh, which yep. arguably was the best thing Bendis has worked on at DC. Until he um, forcibly forced for, him into Young Justice, but that's yes. a different. Well, no, story. I, I actually <laughs> I should say uh, the best thing in uh, Batman Universe for me was the best thing Bendis has worked on mm-hmm. in DC, but uh, Naomi was pretty close, and it has a lot to do with Campbell's art because it's just great. Like yeah. it, it's, I I I can't stress how good the art is on that book and on Far Sector. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's. I feel bad because Campbell's like clearly got to like really stretch his muscles on this book because it's just a lot of crazy crap and it's a lot mm-hmm. of like, it's a lot of like after art effects. Like it's not just like oh I draw this. Like it's 
it's like it, it's a lot of holograms and colors and yeah and 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 projections and stuff so it, you know it's not so much about drawing faces as much as it is drawing like crazy aliens and 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 this and, and technology yeah and um, he does such a great job of always making it very clear where the focus is but still yes. making everything easy to know what's going on and i exactly it was just perfect but yeah. i had to include far sector on this because if you read it and you get to the, like the last couple pages, I, I actually would recommend waiting till four comes out because I feel like it's it's such a no. I need the next one right now. Yes, no, it's true. I I, I love it because you wanted to focus on the fact that it's like instead of it being about a cosmic war, mm-hmm. we're more focusing on the political stance. Like we're to, we're dealing with her being like a peacekeeper slash negotiator. She it's truly the, is a space cop, which is yes. what they're supposed to be. Well, and she's she has her own personality, and it's very much in contrast to the race of, of of beings that she's working with. And you could tell what's great is like it's not quite it's very Star Trek, but it's mm-hmm. not quite um, as superficial. Like we know we don't have to wrap it up in twenty minutes. Like we have plenty <laughs> of issues to go, and so as a result, like we get inklings of how society works on this far sector world, and how there are players within it who are not what they seem or they're disingenuous and there's some people who are like who believe in what they're talking about it's it's, it's very interesting and she has and she's a human being dealing with all of it mm-hmm. and, and and they're looking at her like hey listen like, well you're the police like you're the authority but at the same time they're also like crap the fuzz is here how are we going <laughs> to like hide it from her so mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot going on it's a it's a really clever book it's 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 more clever than I think they could. Uh, it, the reason why it's a young animal book, because I think most young animal books are dead at this point. I mean, like Doom Patrol. When are we going to see more of that? Well, Gerard, Gerard Way isn't even writing it anymore. Um, that'll only you know. come back once the show comes back. I mean, otherwise, yeah. people always just forget about the Doom Patrol. It's true. Uh, but you know, you got Doom Patrol on Young Animal. You had uh, Mother Panic. I don't think that book's ever going to come back. No. Uh, and more yeah. uh, whereas I think they were like this is kind of too I don't know it, it, it's too on the nose it's, it's, it's too esoteric for your average Green Lantern reader let's stick another label on it and put it out and, and put it far away mm-hmm. um, although she does drop the MFR line in this, in this yes. most recent issue I actually won't lie the, the fact that they didn't censor it it, it added so much more oomph that I didn't yes. realize that I was missing from when they do censor that. And like, it just really hypes you up. You're like, oh my God, like, oh, oh it's done. What? Yeah, no, it's funny when you, when you, you're, you're, when you read comics all the time, like you're conditioned to fill in the blanks whenever you see like mm-hmm. a, like a blurred out word or a censored word. Uh, but when you see the word, it immediately changes for you because you've read the word, you've, you've read it in your mind, you know what the word was. But then you go back a second. You go, wait, did I just see it? Yes. Wait, did they actually say it? <laughs> That's exactly what I did. I was like, wait, hold the hold the phone. Did they? Yep. They definitely did it. They definitely yeah. did it. And by the way, uh, it's still a great Green Lantern story. It's still like, uh, it works for everybody. There's nothing like really overt or grotesque or, or sexual about this book. So mm-hmm. like anyone could read it. It's just the language. And it's like, hey, look at that. The world didn't turn inside out, you know, dogs and cats are not living together, it's not mass hysteria out here, like, we can, maybe we could probably ease up on this whole censorship thing. (laughs) Right. Another thing I do like about the story as well is that she, 
she's not overly using the lantern ring, making constructs. Like, she's only using it in very specific spots, but she is using it enough that you're like, okay, she is a green lantern, but yeah. not like Jon Stewart who builds buildings and armies and does everything with constructs at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, Although... I think that if you're reading a Green Lantern book, you expect to get some constructs. Exactly. But the other thing is, it's not called Green Lantern anything. It's just, yeah. it's just called Far Sector. So it's like it's about a Green Lantern, but this is a very different Green Lantern. The outfit's different. The attitude's different. The whole it could be in a different universe. This could have literally been like Green Lantern Earth One Volume Two, mm-hmm. where it's just like so Hal got this person and she's doing her thing, and it's just something totally different. But I, wonder, I think she is definitely in the universe. I think we're I think we're gonna fold her in later. I wonder if they're gonna do because uh, I believe I could be wrong, but if my memory serves me correct, in Justice League they explained that uh, Starro's planet was pseudo outside the universe. Mm. I can't remember if uh, I'm remembering that correctly, but I feel like they said something about where it was. And okay. I feel like they could do that with the far sector because of the fact that she never names it. She's like, we're so far out that we just call it the far sector at this point. Exactly. I love that idea. Um, I would love to see more of this concept. Because, like, like you said, there are other areas that are supposed to be outside of DC's, like, multiverse continuity. Like, New Genesis and Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Those are supposed to be their own things. Like, crises don't touch them. They're, mm-hmm. like, they, they, just, they just exist. Um, of course, they're nothing but affected by crises now, but so <laughs> that's that's out the window. But I, I would love to see like a Green Lantern try to like solve a crime on New Genesis or something. Like it'd be like that that whole idea of seeing a Green Lantern out of their depth and like in a place that they're unwelcome. Yeah, but are technically supposed to be in charge of. I love that idea. God, like, why haven't they so, done yeah. that? That would be a right? fantastic story. Like a Green Lantern that has to try and police gods. Like, right. That's just, a perfect story. Yeah, just murder on New Genesis. It's just like murder on the Orient Express, but it's New Genesis, and just High Father is like, you know, he's, he thinks he's being magnanimous, and then it's just clearly he's mad. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. want them to be there. And, you know, like, you got Orion who's like, finally, we've got some law and order up in this thing. <laughs> like, let's, let's go let's start busting some heads. I'm the bad cop. You're the good cop. Right. Like, eh, you got a lot of story there. But Far Sector, I'm, I'm so glad you brought it up because it's a, it's a, it is a great book. It is. Um, it's... Oh. I, yeah. I can't get over the art as well. I, I have to mention it the second time because it's just Please, such, yes. a beaut- such a beautiful book. So beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- then we get into The Flash. Uh, I love how you call it. Uh, Barry goes <laughs> Super Saiyan as The Flash, uh, showing how insanely powerful The Flash can be, mm-hmm. but how unpredictable and irrational and violent he can become. I mean, like, for me, that does not sound like Barry Allen, so you're going to have yeah. to walk me through this. Like, how is it that Barry Allen has become, so, you know, unhinged? Um, so essentially in this previous Flash arc, uh, I mostly read a review because I haven't been reading The Flash and then I saw this news and I was like, all right, I'm going to go back and read this when I get the chance. Yeah. Um, but so the Speed Force is very unstable right now and The Flash essentially like kind of fuses it with himself. If you get a chance, click that link. Um, yeah. I'll put it in chat for people. Um, but he goes... He goes Super Saiyan. He straight up like turns gold and yep, starts his hairs on fire <laughs> and just starts beating the crap out of Captain Cold to the point that Golden Glider is just like, Flash, stop! You're going to kill him, yeah. and like the Flash, she eventually does stop him, 
And the Flash is like, I, like, what did I just do? Like, that mm. wasn't me. I don't know if I'm capable of using the speed force. And it was, it was almost like an extreme version of what they did back with uh, Wally when he first came back of like how if he touched others or not Wally, uh, when he goes negative flash and like he yeah. would interact and kind of explode if he didn't do it properly. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. In flash this, rebirth, yeah. Yes. And then I feel like this is just, they were like, you know, I like that idea. Let's go one step further. Yeah, and there's a precedent for it because as we've because because they've made up a bunch of stuff with the Speed Force now and how mm -hmm. like Wally you know spoilers for Heroes in Crisis but Wally kills a bunch of people <laughs> using the Speed Force it just completely loses like his control over it which mm -hmm. I didn't know slash think that was a thing the Speed Force could do right like, you could just you could just freak out while also using the Speed Force and it will just kill people um, so this is a this is a decent kind of house cleaning where they're like no speed force is broken or something's going on with it but uh yeah no wally was a good indication of the speed force there's something going wrong with it and uh barry barry's gonna have to fix it or something i don't know but like it's making him crazy yeah um that's a cool idea at the very least like because it's it's not just abandoning it it's not like yeah no wally he's just a bad flash he's just not a, he's just very bad at being the flash i think right. we can all agree that nobody likes wally west <laughs> he's really bad at being the flash like so no one would no one would cotton to that idea so let's just Let's just say it's the Speed Force's fault. <laughs> yeah, and the, the thing that I do like about it as well is it's not being just contained in the Flash because they they do reference it in the uh, the preview for the next Justice League. They're yes. like, uh, the like Superman, they can't handle it. The Flash, he has no idea what the Speed Force is doing and is very cautious because he doesn't want to go crazy and start murdering a bunch of people. Right, exactly. I bet so, that's actually uh, why they made him yellow was to kind of pseudo make, eventually he'll make a reverse flash connection of like, oh, oh my God. I'm yellow, he's yellow? Am I yeah. becoming evil? Right? I, they, they could be going that direction. Hell, like, I remember hearing rumors, and I don't, I don't know, I've kind of really fallen off flash lately, but like, I remember hearing rumors that they were going to stick Wally on the Suicide Squad. And, uh, I mean, that, I mean, that would be cool because they... I'm not sure if you read Suicide Squad, uh, the one Tom Taylor's writing. I think it's Tom mm -hmm. Taylor. Uh, but it's like a whole new whole new status quo. Like right. Amanda Waller is out. And <sighs> like that, that, removing her just removes so many boundaries that were pre-existing that yeah. he can now do whatever he wants. And right. I'm just excited. And that would be very cool if he brought Wally West into the Suicide Squad. I mean, he's got to work out of his debt somehow. He still killed all those people. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, but I would love to see, uh, you know, if they were going to do that and carry it over and really play with the, with the, with the reverse Flash theming. If they're mm -hmm. like, welcome to the Suicide Squad. Here's your new costume. Oh, and it's like, it's, like a, it's like a Kid Flash, Wally West version of Thawne's costume. Oh, like, it'd be kind of cool. That like, would I mean, be cool. I, I don't like what they've done with him, and I don't agree with that idea, but if you're going to have to do it, do, do that with it. Mm -hmm. Just embrace Wally's darker side. Yeah, I, it, that would be cool. Or if they put him in uh, Daniel West, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. While, and, like, puts him in that to... Because let's be honest, they would they would have to somehow make it not seem like the normal Flash... Exactly. Because it, that would just affect the entire universe as a whole. Yep. And it would be really cool to give him the Daniel West suit and then eventually have an interaction between 
Wallace West and Wally West of like, yeah. wait, wait, hold the phone. Like, you're wearing my dad's mm. costume, who was a villain, yeah. but you're saying you're a good guy? Like, what's the deal, Wally? Yeah. They could also, as a result of um, his actions and the Speed Force, they could kind of like dial back the pack. Because if you, if you put a Flash on the Suicide Squad, well, they can, they, A, you can fire everybody on the squad. You just need Flash. Right. Uh, but, but B, he's like, you could kind of penance him where it's like, I'm afraid to use my powers too much because otherwise I might freak out and kill my entire team or I might right. kill like the world or create Flashpoint. Like, so yeah, I, I, that'd be kind of cool. I, that, that's actually a story there. There's a story there. There's de- yeah, there's there's a lot of potential if they do put him on the Suicide Squad. And the fact that it's Tom... I mean, Tom Taylor writing anything, I'll read. But Tom That's Taylor, right. whenever he gets to kill people, is even better. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, particularly if he has his own universe to do it in. Because then he's mm-hmm. just like, well, I'm just going to do anything. And yeah. what's great is it's never like grotesque or egregious. It's always just like in keeping with the character and, mm-hmm. and, and being really cool. Like, I, I'm just really, really... I'm always quick to trust Tom Taylor and his oh, judgment. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, and I wonder if they're actually giving him the Suicide Squad so that he can finally start doing that stuff. Because like you said, he does it usually in alternate universes. And right. maybe this is their way of going, you know what? Let's try and squeeze that into the main universe. Let's see what, what Tom Taylor can do with that kind of stuff, especially if they do use Wally West. Like, I mean, imagine if he has Wally West on the Suicide Squad, he runs in and he does accidentally kill a villain. Because then Wally's now in a state of, no, I shouldn't be killing, but it was a villain. And then like Barry is a part of this and he's like, dude, doesn't matter. (laughs) And like, you get like this so much potential. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, moving into different publishers, you read uh, Amazing Spider-Man 38, I assume, mm-hmm. uh, in which J. Jonah Jameson uh, reveals that he was the originator of clickbait, and he gets like solicited into uh, helping uh, this new BuzzFeed company that's <laughs> headed up by yep. Noir Winters, uh, and he essentially is still on his like Jameson quest of, uh, of helping out Spider-Man, and of mm-hmm. course, the more he helps, the more he hurts. Uh, and basically contributes to making Spider-Man's life more frustrating, despite him taking an active role in trying to make it better. Right. I. So my concern with this is they have... I'm wondering if they're beating a dead horse right now with the whole Jameson knows he's trying to help, but he heard, and he's trying to help, but he heard, yeah. and it's like, are they going to do something different, or is this just going to be the exact same thing? That's the thing. It, I, I am right there with you in terms of, like, if you're going to turn Jameson into a trope or you're going to make him into, like, a character who only does this these three things, mm-hmm. then, like, it, uh, for me, it's it's been the longest full circle for Jameson I've ever seen where, right. like, really, every time that, like, they give... I mean, when Jameson was on the Fact Channel, when Jameson was working for, I think, Frontline... Uh, when Jameson was the mayor, like you've you've done all these different things with Jameson. Like the one thing we haven't seen Jameson do in a long time, like over a decade, is be a newspaper publisher. Yeah, and I'm like, we are so close to just having Jameson get back in the chair and take over the Daily Bugle again. Right. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for that day because number one, I know it's coming, and number two, I just I 
I can't wait for it to happen. And we've seen, in fact, I, yeah, we've seen different books where the Daily Bugle has been like, uh, you know, an anti-Spider-Man book and a pro-Spider or book, a newspaper <laughs> or a pro-Spider-Man newspaper, and how both of those present their own different problems for Spider-Man. Um, I know we're getting there at this point, but like. This whole Jameson knows who Peter Parker is and he's trying to help him and every time he tries, like, it's like they're saying, you remember that, okay, let's, let's use an example that we both enjoy. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> when the show starts to end, Zuko's like, I'm a good guy now and, he's, and he tries to be good and he's failing miserably at it. Right. Like, and he's starting to question whether or not his journey was worth it where he's like, maybe I'm just better at being evil. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe that's just who I am. And when I try to be good, it, it's against my inner nature and it causes me to fail. Right. Jameson, I think, is in a similar boat where it's like, I, it, Jameson isn't trying to help Peter Parker because he thinks that Peter Parker is a good person and he's doing it because he's compelled to do it as a person. It's more he's trying to wipe away a debt. And now, right. I, I don't think he's actively saying that or thinking it in the book, but it's like, that's clearly where he is. In it. It, he's dealing with grief and guilt. And that's not enough for you to change who you are as a person. Yeah. And so... I think, I that, think yeah. like, that's a that's a great comparison of Zuko to him because it it actually gives, like, it's a great way for me to mention how I feel about it is that yeah. with Zuko, I felt like there was actually progression like exactly. he he was dealing with that but he was adapting he was becoming better at it like he was still well, failing at the core, but no, no matter what zuko was a good, like zuko did bad things mm -hmm. but he he was the like the reason he has the scar in the first place is because he was questioning his father's orders about putting his own men in harm's way like mm -hmm. zuko in his soul is a good person yeah and I, I believe that Jameson may actually be a good person deep down. There's a great issue from like Operation Zero Tolerance of X-Men <laughs> where they're deal where Bastion is trying to force Jameson into writing like libelous stuff about mutants and the X-Men. And he's like, you, this is right up your alley because like that's what you do. Mm -hmm. And Jameson is like, get out of my office, you racist <laughs> jackass, because that's not what I do. Like, yeah. I have a problem with Spider-Man, but, but I don't have a problem with a group of people marginalized because of who they are. Mm -hmm. like, and that's Jameson for me. Jameson is a newsman who believes in facts and truth. And when he has an agenda, that's when you know it doesn't really work. Like, his mm -hmm. Spider-Man crusade. That is felonious, and you can see it because he doesn't really, truly believe it. Yeah. Right? So, it, like, that, yeah. It's, it's just, he, like, he's just reached to this point that he is on that crusade, but it's just he's at this same level. Like they're, That's right. We're just, they're not yeah, going, we're, hey, he's actually getting a little better at it. Or, oh, he's yeah. moving a little towards his older nature. No, it's just... He's trying to help, but he's not. And he's trying yeah, he to help. Yeah, he just constantly, accidentally, like, drops banana peels in Spider-Man's mm -hmm. path. And it's like, that was funny when you first did that. Yes. Maybe. But now it's time to do something interesting with this character again. And and I think that, like, we're in this holding pattern with J. Jonah Jameson where it's like, we need him to recognize this whole pro-Spider-Man thing is as empty, hollow, and meaningless as my anti-Spider-Man thing. Like, right. you need to find meaning in your life. And it it shouldn't involve 
trying to... It shouldn't involve having an agenda against Spider-Man. Like, everyone who loved Jameson, Robbie Robertson, his wife, like, they all said, like, you gotta give up the Spider-Man thing. And they're not saying, like, you gotta, you gotta go easy on him. They're just like, this is the unhealthy problem you have. Mm-hmm. And so, with, with Jameson and this direction... Like, for me, I was actually kind of excited because the tease for the next issue is that beautiful cover that I really enjoy of Jameson and Peter uh, facing off against each other with a microphone. Right. And he's just spitting on Peter's face. And it's, like, really grotesque, but it's amazing because for me, I'm like, maybe Spencer is actually going to bring it to a head. Like, Mm -hmm. he's finally going to, like, address the elephant in the room and be like, let's just get the new status quo for Jameson or bring back the old status quo, but like do something with this character. Right. Because whatever this is, it's a holding pattern. It's just Zuko constantly like falling on his face and going, why am I so bad at being good? Yeah. Because he needs to, because of course like he needs to find out that like you're doing it. It's all superficial. You're not Mm -hmm. doing any change, you know? So with Jameson, it's all superficial. You got to get in there. You got to get into that character. I feel like, I was I was honestly hoping he was going to accept the job at Threats and Menaces and like right I I felt like he could have had a lot of stuff because it also he still could have helped Spider Man by doing this and trying to steer it towards other people other heroes right. like like kind of steer it away in that sense of helping of keeping yeah. Spider Man out of the news and it would have been a new adjustment kind of going back to where he was. But mm-hmm. still, he's on, like trying to be a good guy in terms of Spider-Man. Yeah, I, you see, like Norwinters is kind of like the devil on Jameson's shoulder, where she's like, mm-hmm. "He's he robbed the bank. You've written this article before. <laughs> like, do it. You know, do just be you again." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No." And it, you could, I, I think that Spencer's good enough of a writer to go, like, to recognize, yeah, no, he is going to. Like, he, he, he will address the whole, like, yeah, I want to do that. It is part of my nature, but I have a different, but I have, but I have the facts now, mm-hmm. and so I can't do that. And that's, that's cool, but, like, but follow that, you know? I, this whole Spencer run has kind of just been, like, a series of interesting ideas that are never paid off. It was right. just like, here's a really good idea, but I'm not going to take the time to really get into it. And it's like, dude, Spider-Man fans... They're gonna buy the book. Yeah, you could spend like a six-issue arc if you just throw in Shocker, Mysterio, some throwaway villain who like has a dumbass plot that involves a warehouse and a jewel, and that being the big problem, like the Spider-Man problem. But there's always two plots: there's a Peter Parker plot and a Spider-Man plot, mm-hmm. and you can throw away the crappy Spider-Man plot. Like you can kind of phone it in, is what I'm saying. But like, right. and really make the meat and potatoes about Jameson and putting him from here to here. Like, and I think that with Spencer, I think he's, I think he and Marvel are afraid that like we can't tell Spider-Man stories like that anymore. Right. And I'm here to tell you, Spider-Man fans, it's all about like self-insertion, wish fulfillment. Like right. they want to be Spider-Man in these adventures. They want to read about that, and they care. It, they, these are their stories. They're soaps. So like Spider-Man fans, like maybe if you're reading, I don't know, like a Venom book, although although Kate's has been made made Eddie Brock actually deep and interesting. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of like a character that's kind of superficial that doesn't really get into it, but like it doesn't really matter. Like just just tell the story and right. take as long as you need because the the readers will buy it. Yeah. I mean, it exactly like just make a good story that and finish you, it. Like, it. Yes. <laughs> and finish it. That is the key part. 
because don't just like give me ideas. Who's kindred? Well, we'll find out in 16 issues. Screw you. How about now? I just tell the story. Yeah, I don't know why they're like belaying that so much because he did such a good job of making me go. Who is this character? Like, yeah, what is going on? And then it was like, no, nah, he's not a big deal. And it's like, hold the phone. He's like well, manipulating the mayor. He's manipulating a bunch of people. We saw. I actually, you know what? I just thought of it. I have a feeling he'll uh, he'll be coming back after the Amazing Mary Jane has finished, because mm. of the vision that Peter had of Kindred over her dead body. Yep. I wonder if that'll be once she's finally back from her solo series and they'll bring him back. I completely forgot about that he had that vision during, I want to say, yeah. Hunted. Right. It had to have been during Hunted or whatever that was called. Because, like, yeah, because that was the last time we got any real character progression. Yeah. Uh, then it, the rest of it's all been, like, absolute carnage and, and 2099. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on. Um, you know, speaking of Spider-Man... Uh, going back to DC Comics. Yeah. Uh, Most of the stuff Young was Justice. DC this year or yeah, this, week. Y- y- this week. Right? Well, not only that, like you saw the preview, I guess, of like uh, Kate's killing the entire DC universe. Wait, what? Oh, have you not seen that? It's, oh my gosh. it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, like, I think it's in the beginning of his, um, I'm trying to think of what run it was. Oh, it was in Thor. It was in his, it was in his Thor run. Um, he introduces this like new threat more or less and he says like you know on a different world that's not too dissimilar from our own uh like things happened oh, uh, like yeah. the world's ending and some champions came one's a red streak another one's a dark fl- uh, a, a, a dark shadow the other one's a green bl- like blur and yeah. one's a red lightning bolt and like they go and they're gonna try and deal with it as they always have but at the end of the day what's gonna happen to them is the same thing that happened to everybody on the street they're gonna beg for their gods and they're gonna die <laughs> Okay, that I'm I'm very excited for that because Donny Cates, he's kind of like Tom Taylor. When he gets to be violent, yeah. he does such a great job. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it it's a cool idea, and it, it's funny how. And I, this is just speculation on my part. It's it's really, and it's not even speculation. It's more like just spitballing. But like, I think maybe because okay, going back about twenty years. Uh, DC and Marvel had a big crossover DC versus Marvel it was terrible mm-hmm. uh, but sales juggernaut and it sold like gangbusters so much so they made a top they, they made a card series spin off of it uh, but DC versus Marvel sales juggernaut everybody everybody thought it was a great idea the publishers met with each other in secret and, it, and then sprung it on us like nobody knew it was coming oh interesting I did not know that part about it yeah and they're literally like we need to stick together because both of our sales are in the toilet, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like now, and I w- and I'm like wondering if because I don't really credit Marvel or DC editors with an overabundance of time and uh, and 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 credit, right. uh, where they're like, let's seed the DC Marvel crossover that's coming with all these little references, because they didn't do that before. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't it be interesting if like Kate's having Thor? Having D, D, like the DC universe get destroyed in Thor, and everybody in, at, at DC being like, "Hey, Spider-Man's on the Young Justice or whatever through the Dial H for Hero series," and not not our Spider-Man. We're literally gonna make up our own Spider-Man. Well, actually, I'm not sure if you saw the panel. Oh, I saw the panel. Yeah, no, I'm just saying like is... it's not like neither Miles Morales uh. nor Peter Parker show up. It's just there's a new there's oh, a yeah. character who gets Spider-Man powers. He's web swinging. He 
And But the thing about his image is he looks just like Spider-Boy, the amalgam character of Superboy and Spider-Man. Like, from the head sock costume to the color scheme, he doesn't have the jacket, but, you know, we already have Superboy who's got the jacket. Like, we don't, we're not going to... Oh, yeah! So I'm thinking, like, could this, could all these little references, and of course the big bombshell, not really bombshell, but more, I always thought, I, I, I called it a joke... But uh, at the end of Doomsday Clock, the secret crisis in 10 years, mm-hmm. like maybe all of these things, little Easter eggs indicating maybe they're working together and they might do something again someday. There might be a crossover. That, I, um, I would like that because it's, it's one of those ones where I think everyone wants to see that. I think everyone wants one. You know what? Let's yep. make it kind of like Injustice. Give it to Tom Taylor. Not like oh, uh, what the amalgam was, where it was whoever knocks the other one out first wins. Oh, that sucked. Yeah, no, no. Do JLA Avengers, the yeah. Kurt Busiek series, where it's just these teams, universes. The thing, yeah. And, and, and make it its own thing. I love the idea of injusticing it, where it's like, maybe it's a weekly series, maybe it's right. digital only, but something where it's over there, it doesn't really affect either universe. Mm-hmm. Because I feel you know? like they would have to... That was my biggest problem with the previous one was what they did to the Hulk of, oh, Superman punched him into a mountain, he got knocked and out, and that was yeah. it. I Like, bringing in the immortal Hulk against some of the Justice League, like, yeah. there's so much you could do there. Like, Oh, I know. <sighs> oh, and there's, there, there is too much potential for crossovers. Like, mm-hmm. you could do a DC Marvel... You could do a DC versus Marvel-esque crossover where... Because it wasn't just DC versus Marvel. Because they were working together, they were like, let's do the crossovers. So mm. you got, like, Superman meets the Fantastic Four, the book. Yeah. You have two Daredevil Batman series, neither of them being very good. Like, <laughs> what a sin. Like, where is a where's the baller Daredevil's Batman crossover? Right. No, instead we got things like Silver Surfer, Gala- uh, uh, Darkseid, or whatever. Like, we got, like, a bunch of Galactus, Galactus Darkseid, I think, mm-hmm. crossover. And you're like, no, Thanos versus Darkseid. Why Galactus? What are you doing? Like, but, uh, but you did all these different, like, cool spinoff books. You got two terrible Batman Punisher crossovers. Like, you got a lot of different crossovers. I want to see those again, but with today's artists and writers working on it. Yeah. But, like, the thing you could do that could Tom Taylor it up is uh, you, you don't need to try and make it work in continuity because there's already a world an earth if you will in the dc multiverse that is if marvel and dc were on the same planet yeah there are multiple books uh batman versus hulk uh teen titans x-men and uh all the daredevil batman stories like and batman spider-man actually as well uh both those crossovers which are excellent um all those take place on the same earth which is the if Marvel and DC were the same planet and they all existed. And like basically all the same stuff still happens. It's just that everyone who was in DC in a Marvel event was busy and everyone in in Marvel for a DC event was busy. Mm -hmm. So, you you know, it's like Maximum Carnage still happened and they just didn't call Batman. Right. So you could have Tom Taylor go like, yeah, I'm going to turn this earth upside down and just tell you, like, and just do a DC Marvel crossover. It's in its own universe over there, and it's got everyone in it, and everyone, and for all intents and purposes, it's all the characters you know, but I'm going to kill people, I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing. Like, I'm going to change things, and it won't affect anyone else's publishing line. Right. 
And you know what? To throw in another twist there, it's dark multiverse of that Earth. Oh my God. A Could dark you... multiverse of the DC Marvel Earth would be nuts. That would be like, there's just so much you could do. And oh my gosh. Because yeah. that is the nice thing, or uh, I haven't read a lot of the older comics, so I don't know for sure. Sure, that's fair. But I feel like as time has been going on, comics, the writers are like, you know what? I can push the envelope a bit. I can, yeah. I can do something so vulgar or violent and people are going to be okay with it. I'm not going to have yeah. to censor something. And I feel like that would just open so many doors if they did a dark multiverse of yeah. the event or Marvel and DC Earth. That would be fantastic. I mean, just look at like deceased being this like really, really well executed, gross thing. Mm hmm. And on the other flip side, the Marvel Zombies being a really, really well-executed, gross thing. Like, they're both these... They're both literally just DC and Marvel Zombies, mm -hmm. but doing something totally radically different and also equally macabre and interesting. Like, right. That's really cool. Like, and what's more... You could you could you could practically create a separate publishing line out of all of it. Like you could do Dark Multiverse DC Marvel and also all the crossovers and also a main event to tie it all together. And mm -hmm. also like you could have like Tempest Fugonaut and The Watcher like fight or introduce each story. Like you could do so many things with all this stuff if you just give them the green light and let them play with it. Because yeah. There's there's no one working for either respective company that doesn't that doesn't have that idea already. Like, literally, Bendis wrote a Marvel uh, a Batman Daredevil crossover, fifteen years ago. Right. It's already in a drawer. Like it's ready to go. Like who doesn't want to see that? Yeah. Because, because we're not talking about like the Bendis who who's writing Superman or the Bendis <laughs> who had to write Civil War two. We're talking about Prime Bendis. We're talking about the same year he created Jessica Jones. He also wrote this Batman Daredevil crossover. You, you tell me you don't want to read that? Come on. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not even the biggest Daredevil fan, and I would read that. Exactly. How like, could you not? I mean, like, I love both those characters, so that's all I want. But, like, at the same time, there's a lot more. Like, wouldn't you love to see, I don't know, like, the, the stories write themselves, even if I couldn't come up with one right off the fly. But, like, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to think of, like, the new characters that would be interesting to see. Like, what about Jaime Reyes meeting Kamala Khan? Like, there's a lot of stuff Ooh. that they haven't had a chance to do. Yeah, like I mean, I can't. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of any good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the Immortal Hulk either. just dealing with Marvel is a great idea. Yeah, that. I mean, the Hulk in just anything. Yeah, I mean, I love the Hulk, so right. I'm a little biased there. Well, I would love <laughs> to see a. I would love to see a rematch between those two. Yes, I want to see an actual fight between Superman and the Hulk. There is another one they did uh, during that ter terrible era. They did a Superman Hulk book. Uh, it's a one shot. It is it is set, I think, on this Earth where like they're both the same universe, mm -hmm. and it's like it's like Superman. It's literally like 1960s Hulk and 1960s Superman crossing over. So it's like it's in the desert. It's savage, dumb Hulk right. versus like everyman, you know, superhero Superman. Um, I have it. I'll uh, well, I can't give it to you, but look it up. It's <laughs> but I'll definitely yeah, I'll check for. that it's, out. It's got it's got General Ross and General Lane like it's got a lot of neat like parallels and I, I and, and it's pretty good like that's like the closest thing you can get so far. I'll have but, to check that one out. Yeah, yeah, that might be what you're looking. That might scratch the itch you're looking for. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, like, I don't think we can get bigger than DC and Marvel secretly crossing over and like and just dropping it on us one day. Because yeah. by the way, everything's quiet and like everything's like lame and quiet right now. Like this would have been the time to do it. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, well, oh, I mean, by we, the way, boom. Plus, we've also got Perpetua chain, like messing with the multiverse. Like you've yeah. got the material right there. Like yeah. you've got the potential and the opportunity that people wouldn't go. Wait, you're throwing in this random person that can affect the entire multiverse? Like what's going yeah. on? No, it's well, existing. And, and- and Grant Morrison himself believes that Marvel's on the other side of the source wall. And you're telling me you broke the source wall? You're not going to have Silver Surfer fly through that thing? Come on! God, it'd be so good. <laughs> oh, oh I got God. even better. They, I mean, I know they, I think it literally blew up at this point. But wouldn't mm-hmm. it have been really cool at the end of the Justice League run where they beat Perpetua or whatever and the source wall still has that hole in it? And then Galactus's fingers just reach into the hole and then just like <sighs> blow it open? <laughs> oh my God. Stop just, uh, teasing me with these, Sal. There's I mean, they any sound of these so artists. Good. Any of these artists that work in a day, like, oh, I'd love to see that. Come on. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I don't think we can get bigger than that. So let's. Uh, I think we should wrap things up. <laughs> yes, definitely. So uh, uh, we want to thank you all so much for hanging out with us and watching this episode of Absolute Comics. Dan, I think you were an incredible host. I'm lucky to have you. Thank you so much for, for being here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I uh, This was a lot more fun and less stressful and nervous than I thought I was going to be. Yeah, man, no, you got this. You've been doing this for a long time. Don't forget. Like you, you've, been, you've been working at this stuff for, for a while now. Yeah, it's crazy. I was actually just saying to Benny, this, uh, this year, it's been five years since I've been part of Comic Storian. Wow. Like, yeah. it's insane. Can you believe that? Like, it, that's, that's longer than you were in high school. That's nuts. I, oh, my gosh. I never, <laughs> I never even considered it that way. And yet it feels like just one year of high school because yeah. that just, it just took one forever. crazy year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I feel like I went to high school for seven years. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man, we got uh, to do this again sometime. And in Definitely. the meantime... You know, don't forget to, to come by, be here, check out Absolute Comics every Tuesday around 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and, uh, and we'll, be, we'll do it up here on twitch.tv slash comicstory. And otherwise, you can always check us out here on YouTube over on uh, the former Weekly Poll channel, because it's not the Weekly Poll, it's Absolute Comics. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks a lot for watching, buddy. Bye, guys.